Welcome to our very first episode of Monthlicated. My name is Dana Phillips. I'm so excited to be here today. Or I've just had too much coffee or both. So how did we get here? Well, I'm a mom of three kids. Aside from that, I've been a science teacher, a photographer. I've started a couple of my own businesses. I've been a yoga instructor. I have worn many hats and I have a little bit of trouble sitting still, if that wasn't obvious. Um, But I can confidently say that out of all of those things that I have done, motherhood has been the most transformative experience of all of them. My kids have uh, a somewhat more unique age spread. My second child is almost eight and my youngest just turned three and my oldest is 12. So I have kind of been in that in the early parenting world for quite some time. And during that time, I have been a mom that works full-time outside the house. I have been a part-time working mom. I've been a graduate student mom. I've been a stay-at-home mom. I've been a work-from-home with your kid's mom, and anybody who has done that can tell you it is a scam. Through all of this, I've had this sort of front-row seat to the issues and pressures that moms face for a while now, and I feel like I can confidently confirm that we are parenting today in a pretty challenging time as far as the amount of anxiety-inducing information that we're constantly being inundated with, especially when you take into consideration that it's usually coupled with a lack of real support. That said, I do also worry how much those negative messages not only consume us, but possibly even convince us that being a mom is kind of the pit, that it feels daunting and hopeless, and that if you haven't had kids yet, you should save yourself and turn and run the other way. I don't know about you, but I don't want to feel that way in motherhood. And I certainly don't want to make other people feel that way. So I am here to hopefully offer a little comfort and definitely validation and even commiseration. Absolutely. But I also hope that I can help us find a little bit more lightness in our journeys and some humor in the ridiculousness that is parenting and just some joy in motherhood and life in general. But if you're like, no, like how, how did we get here? How did you start a podcast? Don't we have enough of those? Yes. Uh, However, I think most people know that after you become established as like an influencer, you kind of go on to either start a rug line or a podcast. Uh, I do want to put it out there that I'm working with a producer who's doing all of the heavy lifting, and I'm sharing that one because it makes me feel really cool, and two, because I want to be transparent about the help that I have. I don't have any desire to add to the glorification of moms like doing it all. I wouldn't want anyone thinking I'm somehow making this happen on my own. So yeah. Several months ago, I was messaged by a producer on Instagram, and at first I thought that 
she was fake, as I often feel about a lot of the messages that I get. Um, But it turns out that she was indeed real. And she had seen some of my Instagram posts. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I like to make silly videos about my life and motherhood um, that make people laugh. Um, They also absolutely enrage some people, but, you know, win some, lose some. So she explained that she worked in podcasting and asked if I had ever thought about doing a podcast. So we set up a call and I found out that that producer lives in LA and she kept referring to me as the talent. And at that point in my head, I was like immediately, yes, like I am a stay at home mom of three kids living in Michigan. No one is ever going to call me the talent again. And also my 10-year-old self would never forgive me if I said no. Um, All those report cards I brought home that said talks too much. So there you have it. And this is what I have been working on for the last several months. My head is growing bigger by the second, though, so I should probably stop talking about what is sure to be my big break before it gets so large that I can't fit through the door of my house and I have to move my family to Birdwell Island mom jokes. That brings us to today. We're well into January. How is everyone feeling? Are you feeling energized by the new year? Are you in midwinter hibernation mode somewhere in the middle? Last week, I asked Instagram for their thoughts on the new year resolutions, goals, whether they think it's all a load of crap. And that's actually what we are going to be chatting about today. What you want in 2024. I have my friend Lauren Palmer here with me, who's an incredible writer, mom of two, and just generally lovely person. We'll share our own perspectives on the new year. And if you're about to turn this off because you're like, blech, I don't need this kind of toxic positivity in my life right now, let me reassure you that that is not the type of show that we are doing, where we're going to tell you that you need to do more or try harder or better yourself. That is not the vibe. I'm actually staring at my Christmas decorations as I speak because they are still up, if that tells you anything. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you, Dana. Hello, everyone. So glad to be here. How's your morning going? Monday morning. Pretty well. Yeah. It's back to school. So that was just, you know, the the happy dance of of the day for me. So you were, everybody was ready on your end. Very, very much so. Some might say our lives were completely falling apart. (laughs) Relatable, relatable. I'm like, was ready for them to go back, but the transition is always so tough. School starts so early. But I did, I made a commitment like a while back that I was not going to rush anyone out the door, including myself, because I realized how triggering it was for really everyone, like myself included. I get so frazzled and I was like, best case scenario, I get there, what, like one to two minutes earlier. And then worst case scenario is everyone is more stressed and frazzled and someone ends up in tears and you actually end up being like later. Um, right. So it's like, I, does it matter? Does it matter if their hair is brushed? No, that, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. This morning, everybody got to school. There were no tears. And then my middle schooler even said on the way, he was like, well, the one thing that's nice about being back in school is that you and I get to ride together again. And I was like, oh, 
Oh my gosh. Because we do. It's like one of the few times that we get alone time without the other two little ones. And we'll like listen to the music that he likes and which is very different from the music that a three-year-old likes. So he's always really appreciative of that time. And he and that. we both drink coffee. Like we're getting to that age and it's actually been really nice. I so. love that. Like one of my sort of like mom mantras is know your moments and just like know the little moments that matter for your particular kid and the things that they enjoy that mean a lot to them, those moments of connection. And because I think sometimes I'm always comparing myself in my head to like some hypothetical ideal perfect mother of like, well, ideally I'd have an hour of playtime with each individual child Mm -hmm. every day. And, you know, it's just, it's so unrealistic. But then when I realized, you know what, actually 10 minutes in the car of actually really paying attention and listening and, you know, they're telling a story about Minecraft or something and you couldn't care less, Mm -hmm. but you're just like, I know this matters to you. So I'm going to listen Mm-hmm. That matters to them. That's a know your moment kind of thing. And that's, you know, talking about 2024 energy resolutions, all of that stuff. That's just one thing I want to continue further embracing is just trusting myself to know the things that my kids need, that our family needs. And those little wins when I'm like, hey, I was just really present with my kid for 10 minutes today. And if that's the only 10 minutes that I can be super present then, you know, that was, that was a good effort. And I'm proud of, you know, what I put in today because it's not always easy to be present to them. And no, yeah. Sometimes I honestly even feel like I have to fake it. Like when I'm picking them up from school and I've just like come off a whole day of meetings and I feel like a complete zombie. It's like sadly more days than not. I'm like, and now I'm acting super happy to see you (laughs) and I'm smiling and I'm showering you with love and love. It's 100% fake, but I do love you. Right. No, I, I do the same thing at school pickup because I always, that window between school pickup and dinner time is, is like, it's so tough, but I, I like (laughs) fake it till you make it. I will put a slap that smile on my face when I'm pulling up to get them. And I'm like, hi, even though on the inside, I'm feeling the complete opposite. Every single day during that window of time, I try to convince myself like, okay, today's the day that you're not going to judge your happiness and mental state by that hour and a half time period. But every day I end up doing it. And I'm just like, I might actually be miserable in my life, I think. And then come nine, 10 o'clock, I'm like, oh, wait, it was just the horrible time it of day. It was just that window. <laughs> it's just like, it's witching hour from, I get just newbornhood until, I don't know, forever, because yeah. it is there and it's it, it for me it was even like pre-kids that is just the time of day where like I was meant to be it, I don't know in a cozy cocoon because my mood is always that time of day that late afternoon I just suddenly am like all right done like I need I need a nap I need rest <laughs> yeah and, honestly, and then I can reemerge refreshed <laughs> yes we're hungry. I'm like, oh, then I eat dinner. And I'm like, oh, I don't hate you all. Okay. (laughs) It's not as terrible as I think every day at four o'clock. Yes. Um, Yeah. So if I could stop judging the entire day based on those moments in my entire life, based on my mood at 5pm, that would be a good goal for the year. I I might have to add that to my goal list. Well, honestly, I feel like so much of life is just knowing like that the hard moments aren't permanent. Honestly, Mm -hmm. trying to embrace the impermanence of my bad moods and like not 
like going wide, like my husband and I call it going wide. Like when you take this, like a tiny little thing goes wrong and all of a sudden you're spinning out into every single area of your life. And I do that far more often. It's like the catastrophizing, you know, I do that a lot with parenting where I'm just like, you know, like, for example, one, one o'clock in the morning last night, my oldest woke up with a constipation fit. So she had been very low energy all day. We couldn't figure out if she was getting sick or something. And then toward bedtime, my husband was like, I don't think she's pooped in like a week. Um, That'll do it. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So at one o'clock in the morning, she's like having a complete panic attack, freak out in the bathroom over this situation, literally telling us she would rather um, we take her to the hospital than try to to sit on the toilet. It's literally both my husband and me like trying to um, trying to poop doula the situation. It was so bad. Like it's been years since it's been this bad with her. But yeah, I, I was definitely having a like, I hate my life kind of moment. I might've even uttered those words aloud, but then you know what? She went and it was okay. So, and yeah, you can't trust your thoughts in the middle of the night. You, you just can't. Right. Like I, I have learned like that. I don't even let myself think about difficult things past like 9 PM. I'm like your thoughts. I always tell myself your thoughts haven't been peer reviewed. They can't be trusted. Yes. Think about this yes. in the morning and it'll feel totally different. <laughs> And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. With the impermanence of your emotional state, like knowing when to not trust your own thoughts and not trust your own opinions about things. Like, honestly, that is such a helpful skill to have. Like it just helps you start to see like the long game of motherhood. And this is something that I see particularly new moms struggle with a lot. Like they're so stuck in the like day-to-day operational view of motherhood that the long view of it Mm -hmm. is almost inaccessible to them. And Mm -hmm. really like, that's where you get the joy, you know, is in that long view, not in the, you know, operational getting through the day mode. So it's like, you have to start to develop an awareness of which mode you're in Mm -hmm. and be able to kind of flip back and forth between those mentally. And like, don't make any big decisions or freak outs about your life based on that little view right because yeah it's it's going to be a shit show right well and I think that's life in general it's just like children magnify it right because the the tasks like grow exponentially and the the the, so in turn like the monotony of it can as well but yeah you're right it's all the joy is in the bigger picture Mm -hmm. yeah so on the topic of new year resolutions goals um, like I said, I pulled Instagram and wanted to see what their thoughts on the new year were. And I'm going to read some of them to you. And I want to see if you kind of come up with the same, arrive at the same sort of conclusion that I did. Ooh. So he, here were the common themes. And these were all the ones that were repeated more than once. And the ones that I'm going to read first were um just the the most common ones. <laughs> Number awesome. one was survive. Uh, after that, it was put myself first, go easier on myself, rest, community and connectedness, declutter, relax, care less, read more, be more present, more laughter, fun and joy, feel good physically and mentally and be on my phone less. And actually, before I ask you, what what you gather from all these i have to touch on the last one because being on our phones less like 
Has everybody is addicted to their phones now, right? Are we just admitting this? Yeah. Has anybody figured this out? I have tried so many different ways to curb my screen time unsuccessfully. And for a while, I thought it was social media. So I would remove social media from my phone. And then I just found myself obsessively checking like my email or my text messages. Yeah. And I'm like, is this like, it's a full-blown addiction at this point to where I'm like, is this the same as like an alcoholic being like, okay, I'm addicted to alcohol. So I'm going to cut back a little, like, is there any solution other than just going cold Turkey? And I don't have an answer. (laughs) And like, what are the right questions to even ask about it? Like, I, it's so complicated because like on the one hand, it is super important that we're like, you know, looking at our kids in the eyes and actually like putting our phone down when they need us. Like I've heard that called fubbing, like don't Mm -hmm. phone snub someone, you know, which Mm -hmm. I really try to think about now. Like anytime somebody talks to me and I'm looking on my phone, I make sure I like try to look up and make eye contact and be like, I am aware that you are a person and this is an electronic device. But like one thing that I get so fired up about is just like, we're not always just mindlessly scrolling Instagram when we're on our phones. Like it used to be, like I always talk about how, you know, back in the day, in, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, moms are like on the phone, they're reading the newspaper, they're, you know, calling their neighbor to check on the latest PTO thing, stuff like that. Right. All those things that that they did, kids could see what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But now it all happens on your phone. You know, I'm checking mm-hmm. a work email. I'm responding to a message from a friend who's going through a really hard time mentally, and I'm trying to support her. I'm doing something for a passion project. I'm registering my kid for school, checking their grades. Like you could be doing a million things that are all completely valid and related to running your home, but it just looks like you're on your phone doing whatever, you know, like that's just something that I get frustrated about is that being on your phone all the time, it's not always for fun stuff. It's sometimes for necessary stuff. (laughs) It's a lot of times not for fun stuff. It's the opposite. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. But no, that list that you shared, it's interesting. I, I feel like I'm hearing so much about burnout from all of the the moms that I know, like almost to a concerning degree. Like I I have been reading, you know, some different sub stacks and newsletters of mom writers and things like that. And it seems like everyone's just kind of, we're fed up with motherhood as it is today, but there's not a lot we can do necessarily to change our experience of it. But We're trying to sort of step back away from that madness a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I I, I think to a certain degree, you have to recognize that you really are the only person who can control your day. Like it's like all of the societal things that are messed up aside, we are actually the only ones who can control our experience of life, you know, directly. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you need to step away from certain things, or if you want to try to replace some of your phone time with reading or other stuff like that, that's good. But I also think like there's a mentality right now around motherhood that's really negative. And mm-hmm. I, I'm i just very fascinated with that. You know, even people who are considering parenthood and are very turned off by the online discourse around it, like I, I don't hear enough about the joy of parenthood. And I think part of it is that we're all just like so exhausted and trying to figure out a way that feels like a little... Um, a little more sustainable. Well, yeah, because like you you said, there are there are so many challenges, especially like facing parents in the U.S. right now. But then I also feel like we're almost constantly reminded of them 
yeah. in a way that's unhealthy. Um, not that like raising awareness of the issues surrounding motherhood, surrounding parenthood is so important, but I think the nature of social media is sometimes we're not like not in control of the information that we're taking in. Mm-hmm. And so you're constantly bombarded with these messages, which almost can lead to kind of some spiraling. And I feel like definitely going down a more negative path. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I do think all of these, I completely agree. We're coming off of, a, it feels like a lot of intense, it's been an intense few years, right? We're on like the heels of the pandemic. And even before that, there was like a lot of political turmoil and gearing up for I, another election year now. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so I think a lot of people, I see that reflected in what people are wanting, Um and I also think uh, uh, there's been more talk about, you know, when it comes to making plans for the new year, you know, making goals, making resolutions, like, is January really the best time to be doing that? Like, coming off the holidays, um, I love, <laughs> like, I love a fresh start, clean slate, but I do feel like making January 1st the time to do that feels so going against our need to rest in the winter. Like it is midwinter. And I feel like maybe January is a good time for like reflecting and going inward. But as far as like the doing part of it, that seems more appropriate for like spring. Yeah. And I I do think like, you know, when the new year starts for moms, it starts in August, it starts with back to school. Like <laughs> right. that's the time that's when I would make any type of big changes. Not when we've just had the two biggest holidays of the year, 30 days right. from each other. Really? Right. Like really? Well, and exactly. And that's, I always laugh at that, that one week between Christmas and New Year's, we all like make fun of ourselves for being like lazy and like slothish. And it's one week. We're like, oh my gosh, we're so terrible. I haven't done anything for like a week. I don't, I've been sitting on the couch and I'm like, we probably need to be doing that for more than a week. Yeah. (laughs) Especially whenever you're considering that, like, yeah, it's like everything culminates in, I feel like Christmas is the 25th. I, I know there's so many other holidays in December, but I, I, yeah, giving yourself a week to like, to reflect on the previous year and get your life together for the next year seems really unfair. <laughs> I need like minimum three weeks to recover from Christmas. Yeah, like, absolutely. Literally. Well, and I, mean, I know a lot of people said like a lot of when you have little kids, you've spent a lot of the holidays sick. Like yes. so many people spent, Violently I know, spent Christmas sick. <laughs> so they're like, I am a literally just trying to survive right now. That is all I can think about is like, being able to get through the day. It's like fitness challenges. Um, my goal today <laughs> is to go on three five-minute walks because I'm currently so out of shape and exhausted from sickness and winter break and everything else that that is going to be my workout for the day is if I can right. do 15 minutes of walking. Um, because it's like winter break, your kids are off school. Like my kids just went back to school. It will be a minimum of 
you know, 10 to 15 more days before things even feel somewhat normal again. So it, right. it is not the time for some big glow up. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I feel like 15 minute walk a day is actually, it's actually quite impressive to me. Not bad. We got to think small here. <laughs> yeah. And I, the other one that I also, that stood out to me is, was the community connectedness. Cause I feel like it, it, it's still like that post pandemic. Um, we all, we very much turned to like the online world. I feel like during the pandemic mm-hmm. and I feel like people are burnt out on that. Right. Yeah. And everybody's like, I need my like in-person friends more. Yeah. That's not working for everyone anymore. And mm-hmm. just finding like the laughter and joy in friendships and rediscovering that. Like the, I feel like there's no better feeling than hanging out with your friends and just laughing, like yes. having those moments of just pure joy yeah. is like what fills me up more than anything I've learned. Yeah. And those are the moments when I actually feel like, okay, I I do think I'm healing from my pandemic trauma. Like I think, mm-hmm. you know, every time I get, get together with some girlfriends and we just like have a great time and talk and share and laugh about stupid things that happened in our life. I just, I always feel just a little piece of my soul healed over a little bit mm-hmm. from the pandemic, like in some way that I can't explain, like kind of reminds me of that book burnout about, you know, mm-hmm. completing the stress cycle. Mm-hmm. I think that's so true. There's something about connecting with people in person that our brains are just hardwired to be like, yes, I feel safe now. Cause that's something I struggled with so much during the pandemic is that loss of community. I've, I've realized just made me feel very unsafe mentally. Mm-hmm. Like I just had this like constant low key existential stress about my survival or something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think we are entering like for real post COVID times now, like 2023 was almost like a tentative re-entry. Right. Well, cause I think about that a lot because it does, it, it, we're like, well, the pandemic was kind of a long time ago, but it almost feels like there was just this chaos of trying to figure out what normal life is again. And it was like really hard to strike an, a balance of getting back to that because you're also like, you're older, your kids are older. Like yeah. you couldn't just go back to your previous life. Um, So it was like this whole new way of learning to be, which actually brings me to, um, I usually choose a word of the year because I have found keeping things more broad tends to help me be more successful in them. And this year, my word of the year is humor because um, as I said, like even prior to the pandemic, there was all just a lot of there was the election year and it, everything felt so dire and serious. And I had, I had these babies. I had one baby in 2016, one in 2020. And so it all felt like really scary and not really a time for humor and silliness, mm-hmm. which is a huge part of who I am. But I feel like I kind of like pushed that, that part of myself like aside for a long time. And really only recently found my way back to it and really started to embrace it a little more in the last year. 
because and it does it feels like coming coming back to myself a little bit which is is it feels really good I also love that your word has nothing to do with like optimization of yourself or your life you know like Lord no I'm so (laughs) sick of that like we don't constantly have to be bettering ourselves improving things streamlining like that's crap like what if we just like look to have more fun and honestly taking yourself less seriously taking your you know the ups and downs of family life less seriously that's something that anyone could benefit from and your life could be like actually measurably improved by rather than like I'm going to try to be a better agent of capitalism this year. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Well, and I, especially in parenting, like, again, I feel like when I became a mom, I was pretty young. So I almost, I think I felt like I had to do everything so right because I was so afraid of like judgment. And I I think back about, Again, all the years I spent taking so much of it so seriously and like, it's, it's not that serious. Right. And if you can actually invite humor, like into parenting, I, I always tell people about those or remind people of those situations where like, you know, those moments where, you know, your family's in the room together. It's like you and your spouse or your partner and your kids and things or you're on vacation or in the car, wherever, and things are just insane. Like maybe there's a blowout, one kid's screaming, one kid's going, mom, 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 mom. Like there are like two main paths you can take in that moment. One is like the, oh my God, I can't take this, the, the tense, like, I can't take this. This is so frustrating and letting yourself, letting the anger and like, the the dysregulation just like overcome you or I can lock eyes with my partner and I can just be like this is friggin bananas right like yeah or I'll just make some like sarcastic comment like live in the dream you know and I feel like it shifts the vibe in the room immediately if you can yes. just bring humor into it and be like this is crazy, but Hey, we're in it together. And like, or I remember in the newborn period, we would just like, our baby would just be screaming and we would just look at each other and laugh and be like, it's not forever. Ha ha ha. You know, like anything you can say to lighten the mood in those moments helps so much. And like, you can feel the shift in you. Yes. And our kids can too. Cause I think they pick up on it when they're like, oh, uh, based on mom's demeanor, this seems like a a life or death situation. I'm going to react accordingly (laughs) versus when you're just like kind of laughing it off, then sometimes they can even see like how ridiculous they're being in the situation too. So are are you a resolution person? Are you word of the year? Do you, do you, are you none of it? I try to do the words of the years, like, but honestly, I end up like forgetting it or again, the same thing. If I feel like I haven't lived up to it, then I feel like crap about myself. So, but, but at the same time, I do appreciate the energy of a new year and the fresh start and like for better, or for worse, I'm definitely still a horror for self-improvement and self-help. Like I'll, I'll, I'll never stop loving that. So I know I'm, I mean, it's the I'm millennial kind of like, in us, I swear. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm one podcast away from becoming my best self. I can feel it, you know? Um, but 
I think I try to take more of like a habits approach to it because I really, I, I do best when I'm kind of like in a habit pairing mindset. Like maybe if I want to like, um, you know, journal more, I'll, I'll pick a mm-hmm. specific time that I'm going to do that. Or, um, if I want to drink more water, I create a plan for how I'm going to do that, do that every single day with, you know, habit stacking or whatever, but right. Um, and I do, I think, and I should have said that because some, some people did say, give really specific goals. Um, and I asked, I said, do you find yourself more successful if you set like specific goals? And they said, absolutely. Like as long as they're achievable, I, I do better with very specific ones and I'm the opposite. So I, I think it comes down to knowing yourself absolutely. And like what mm-hmm. works for you. I feel like I'm like, if I had to pick a word of the year, something around just like simplifying less, mm-hmm. all of that. Like I'm just, I'm in the mood right now to throw away 80% of what I own. And I'm just like, why do I spend so much of my time managing, you know, 500 pieces of clothing that I own? Like, I'm just, I, I'm starting to feel very skeptical of the way that I've been told I have to live my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to chase things that excite me around like, what's, what's a way of moving through my days that I never even thought was available to me that right. could completely change my life. Because I think our mindsets are what hold us back so much. And if you're able, you know, kind of like what you're talking about, the humor, the joy, the playfulness, I'm just fascinated by the potential of choosing what's right for me and making mm-hmm. my experience of life completely tailored to who I am as a person, you know, based in like deeply trusting myself. I'm right. I'm just trying to avoid like any, like I, I made this rule for myself last year that I really still try to follow, which is no more gurus. There's no guru for me other than myself because no You're one the knows expert me on yourself. Me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm not about to read some time management book from, you know, let's face it, usually some man telling me how to like live my life better. I'm like, no, actually, I think I know my life better than you do. I know. I, you know, I think we've, many of us have fallen in the trap of those self-help help books. And like, there were so many that I, I was like, as a stay at home mom, literally zero of this is relevant to my life. Yeah, this could not be less relevant to my day to day and my life as a whole. Um, Yeah, it's but it's I think a lot of it has to do with that. Just that millennial hustle, want to better ourselves and improve ourselves all the time. And to what end? (laughs) To what end? It's not Mm -hmm. that serious. No, Um, no. Which is why actually it was funny. I was late to this trend as I am to all the trends. Um, I noticed more people were doing what's in what's out for 2023, 2024. And I think this was probably more of a Gen Z thing, but at first I was kind of like, what, like, what is this silly trend? They all seem kind of like similar and obvious. Like people were like, what's in, in 2024, like accountability, therapy, lying is out for 2024, yeah. you know? Um, and, and a lot of it seemed fashion centered, but then I started reading more and more of them. And I was like, actually, maybe this is 
kind of a, a better way to sort of going about saying like, this is, this is what I'm betting on in 2024. And this is what I'm leaving behind in 2023. It feels a little more low stakes, right? Because it's not some mm-hmm. like big promise you're trying to make to yourself or like these big goals that you're committing to. Yeah. So I did last night put together my what's in what's out for 2024 list and I kind of used some of uh, what people had said on Instagram and just my own thoughts to create my own ins and outs for 2024. So I'll share some of those with you. Um, also, I noticed a lot of them said that TikTok is out. Huh. A lot of them said TikTok's out and they'd be like in- either Instagram's in or Pinterest is in. And I was like, what is happening? Like, are we coming? We're coming full circle here. We're starting over at Pinterest. You know, what's out for me is trying to follow trends of any kind. <laughs> right. That was one of the things I put on here. Um, so I'll start with my outs. Number one out in 2024 is rushing. I'm done rushing. I need people to just know I'm probably going to be a few minutes late until my youngest kid is in like high school. I'm going to be a few minutes late. I'm going to do my best to not be like super late. I don't want to be rude. But I'm done like freaking out on everybody on the way out the door. Yeah. No, I I used to do that with like daycare pickup when, you know, there was like a late fee. And sometimes I would be like giving myself a panic attack over, you know, if I'm a minute late, I'm going to get charged $5. And then finally I was like, okay, is the stress that I'm enduring (laughs) and the damage I'm doing to my body worth the cost of a latte? I don't think so. Right, I will never right. notice that. You're like, it's not worth a panic attack ever. No. It's no. never worth a panic attack. Nothing is. And if people understood how my brain works, they would know what a miracle it is when I'm on time. So the, the mental gymnastics that I've had to do for both myself and my children to get there three minutes late, uh, please appreciate that. But yes, no rushing. I'm on board. Right. So my second one was Amazon fashion. I feel like. I'm I'm just over it a little bit. Yeah. The low quality. Like yeah. Back I end up having to return it. so yeah. much of it. And I'm and it mm-hmm. takes that takes time. And I'm like, I don't want to spend my time doing this anymore. Or like shopping um, in an actual store. Like I did that yes. over Christmas sometimes and I was like, you know, then I don't have to guess what this thing looks like. I can look at it with my eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> so my next one is out in 2024 is trying to cross everything off of my to-do list and feeling guilty when I don't. I have just accepted and learned if you are taking care of someone or creating something or building something, you're always going to have stuff on your to-do list. There's no, and, and I think like if you can accept that, it just makes it things that much more pleasant along the way. Yeah. No, I, I I started thinking about this for work and everything else. I can't necessarily control the outcome of my effort, but my effort is what I can control. So, and, and you know, the yes. to-do is going to be there the next day. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, you know what, if I spend an hour trying to do what I could on this and this is what I accomplished, I know how that feels in my body. I know when I feel good about that. And it it will be waiting there for me tomorrow to continue working on. Like it's, it's never that dire. And again, 
I'm not going, I'm not going to hustle to the point that I don't even have time to like take a bath or sit and talk to my husband for 10 minutes at night. Like we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. And I, because it it was, it got to this point where I felt like I wasn't letting myself do enjoyable things that I really wanted to do until I got everything crossed off of my to-do list. And a lot of it is that like the way my brain works, I definitely like subscribe to the whole idea of like outer order, inner calm, right? If my space is, is like picked up and clean, I can generally just function better. However, Mm -hmm. when you have three kids, it's like, sometimes you just gotta accept, let it be messy and just pause do the thing you like, do the thing you want to do, because otherwise you're never going to get there. If you wait till everything is off of your to-do list and your house is totally in order, you're never going to find the time to do the thing you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like taking care of ourselves and enjoying our life. Those are the only things that can't wait that we can't postpone, you know? Yes, absolutely. So those are my outs. I'll uh, let's move to the ins really quickly. So number one on my ends is aligning your life with the seasons. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to spend January again, love goals and plan. This is my ins and outs list that starts in March, 2024. That's the new, that's the new year for me is we're going to start the year in March. That's where we're going to bring all that spring energy. I'm going to spend January and the rest of winter with a winter vibe. I'm not going to like try to run full speed at the new year and start a bunch of things. Yeah. I saw a TikTok, a TikTok that was like, are you going to try to act like it's July when it's January? Because you know that it's right. not July, right? Right. Yeah. So also on my ends is trying new styles only because I think I'm finally ready. You know, I think I put on a pair of skinny jeans the other day and I was like, man, don't really love the way these look. Mm-hmm. And then I got a pair of wide leg pants and I was like, okay, like it took me a while to come around to it, but I'm slowly getting there. And I don't, I definitely don't have it all figured out yet, but I'm like excited to try some new things. And that's what I will say does seem kind of like fun about current fashions is there is, there's just so much variety in like the choices that are out there now. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, if only for the reason that we don't want to be like those ladies from the nineties that still had the, you know, eighties metal hairstyles um, <laughs> yeah. because they were making zero attempt to keep up with the fashion. Like that's really why I'm going to be trying anything is to just make sure there's no chance that I'm walking around looking like that lady, you know? Right. I will say, though, the other day we were at swim class and I was wearing, I was exhausted. I was wearing this oversized, disgusting sweatshirt, these green sweatpant joggers from Target. And like one of the like Gen Alpha swim instructors complimented me on my outfit. And I'm talking like I was literally wearing my pajamas in public. And she was like, I love your pants. (laughs) And I told my husband about it when I got home. I was like, I I got complimented on this outfit. (laughs) <laughs> and he was like, not to like be rude, but I was like, no, that's what I'm saying. He's like, by and, who? <laughs> and and I was like, it's literally like the fashion is literally like 
derelict from Zoolander of you like really yes the homeless look like that's that so that's how right that, how they look yeah no but no <laughs> trying trying different fashions trying to stay somewhat right. updated I I am here for that okay but also on my end list is side parts I'm I, I think we just need to accept that some things look better on some people and I'm a yeah. side part girl and I feel like I just need to accept that. And I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if it actually does like just come back in general this year. Mm-hmm. It's it, the, the center part is not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was so good to catch up and thank you for being here today. My pleasure. I also feel like something else that we need to address is the fact that there are probably a lot of moms in the U.S. right now who would love to see a handful of things happen in 2024, like paid maternity and paternity leave, affordable quality childcare, access to pelvic floor physical therapy. And I know we didn't really touch on any of those things today, but for now, we'll go ahead and pretend that we live in Denmark or France or one of those other magical places where those things don't feel like such a far off dream. And until then, we we'll just have to pee our pants when we sneeze together. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Momplicated is a Bravadio production with support from Acast. It's hosted by me, Dana Phillips. Our producer is Andy Gardner-Bernstein. You can follow, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for more content, follow me on Instagram at Dana.P.Phillips. See you next week. <laughs>